uh, how are we all this morning? Are we good? You know, we say it every week, but how good is it that we chose and we made the effort to come together this morning? It never, it never disappoints when we focus our attention back on who Jesus is, when we get to hear the people singing next to us. Does anyone love that? I love hearing the people next to me sing. Do you ever wish that you had a personal cheer squad? Do you ever wish, hey, has anyone ever thought of that? Or is that just like some random thing that I think about all the time? Imagine instead of having an alarm in the morning, there was a group of people to cheer you on and get out of bed. Uh, they'd be like, you know, they'd just shout positive affirmations at you the whole time. Nath, you can do it. You can get out. Open those beady little eyes. Just do it. You can do it. Get out of bed. Wouldn't you love that? You put your pants on, they're like, yeah, Nathan, you put your pants on. You're a big boy now. Uh, what about like, what about those tasks that kind of a bit menial, like, uh, you know, you, you finally send that email and there's a cheer squad behind you who have a cheer for you. Yes, you did it. Wouldn't that be good? No one else? Nah, you're just thinking of all the negative. Who thinks that's kind of weird, a bit creepy? Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh I just, I don't know about, yeah, obviously about you, but I feel like I could get through anything if I had a cheer squad with me. I'm that, maybe it's just my personality, but, you know, maybe I'm a bit incorrigible at times and you have a cheer squad and maybe I could do those things. Give it a crack. You'll give it a crack. Oh, I got a job for you. (laughs) I can't pay you anything, but it'd be great. Uh, So... There was this ad a fair while ago. Some of you may remember it. This is kind of what prompted maybe me thinking about having a personal cheer squad. Now, it's, it's more in, uh, the ad takes the stance of more resisting kind of temptation. But, but I think Reno, just on that, we've got an ad to show. Gary, all the encouragement you can get when you're trying to quit. Actually, no thanks. So we've made our gum taste even better. Think Nicorette Fresh Mint. There you go. Good tasting gum too, apparently. Hey, who wouldn't love that? No, wouldn't you love it? I Seriously, I'm the only one that is getting excited about this in the room. No, Gary, no. Especially if they said Gary to me. Started calling me Gary, I'd like that. Um, does anyone remember that ad? Yeah, the, um, the chasers, do we know the chasers? They, they went out and did this to people just smoking on the street, just everywhere. It's pretty funny. Um, well, we are, we are finishing Peter's letter today together. Uh, this is the last week of this kind of three-week series. Um, and so you don't have to hear me say Papa Pete anymore. Anybody happy with that? Yeah, no more Papa Pete. Good. Uh, and to finish up his letter to these churches, Peter gives us a bit of a cheer on at the end of the letter. Uh, Something to encourage us as individuals, but also to encourage us as as the church, collectively as the church. So just giving you a a quick recap on the last couple of weeks, we're looking at the book of 1 Peter. It was written 
as Peter's letter to a bunch of different churches in what is now modern day Turkey. And, and what would happen in the day is the churches would circulate the letter. Uh, Peter, the apostle Peter, Peter who spent time with Jesus, uh, writing to these early churches, some of which he had a part in starting. And he was giving them some advice. He was kind of encouraging them as a church and as followers of Jesus. So Peter, so far has told us that as Christians and these churches that he was writing to, you will endure suffering. But he also warns us, don't suffer for the wrong reasons. He's like, suffer for doing good. Suffer for doing what God has put before you. Don't suffer for the wrong reasons. Suffer for the right thing. But he tells us, even during our suffering, we can endure it. We can endure our suffering. And in fact, he even says we should consider it a joy when we suffer because we know our hope is in our salvation. Yeah? That through Jesus, we have eternal life. And one day, all the suffering that we experience here on earth, all the grief, all the sickness, one day it will be gone. We will be made whole and we will be healed. And we have a a hope that even through suffering and hardship gives us a great joy, yeah? Who was here for two weeks ago for that? Who, who, who still finds great joy in that when they think of their salvation? I, I don't know about you, but that's, that's helped me the last couple of weeks to focus on that. Paul then goes on and he, uh, sorry, Peter goes on and he, and he tells us that as followers of Jesus, we are born again. And that we should live differently now. We have a new life and that requires us to to look and behave differently than we used to. That we are to treat others differently than we used to. And this difference will raise a curiosity in everybody else. Everyone else will be curious about the different lives that you live. Cool, we're up to date. That's kind of what Peter's covered so far. We're going to read, uh, it's, it's in chapter 5, starting at verse 1 together this morning. Are we ready to submit, humble ourselves before Scripture this morning? Let's, let's listen to these words. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. Now let me just, I oh, will stop quickly. Elders in the churches. Sometimes we think of the position of an elder, but actually like the, the translation that Peter's using is seniors like those who have been around a fair bit. Yes, some are elders, appointed elders, but also those who are a a little bit older in our church uh, families. Uh, Word to you who are elders in our churches. I too am an elder and and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and I too will share in His glory when He is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honour. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, He will lift you up in honour. 
Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for our great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation, foundation, all power to him forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. God, you are good. We have just sung of your goodness, your faithfulness. Holy Spirit, we know that you are here, that you are here to minister, that you are here to, to change us, to transform us, to make us more like Jesus. As we look at uh, Peter's words in Scripture, speak to us. May we humble ourselves before your word today. God, we want to leave here different. We want to encounter you, Jesus, and we want it to have an impact in our neighborhoods. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Cool. So this was Peter's uh, closing encouragement to us. And although he mentions like a few things, in looking at uh, this portion of Scripture, one thing really stands out to me, and this is what we're going to focus on this morning. Be humble. Did you catch that in there? Be humble. Now, you may say, oh, now, Nath, I'm, I'm the most humble person in the room already. That's a joke, um, you know, because you wouldn't say that if you were, thank you, there's one, one applause. But, uh, if that is you, you're in the right place. We're talking about humility this morning. So it's good. It's good. Uh, we probably have some different opinions or definitions of humility in the room, though. And I just want to talk firstly about what is being humble and what isn't being humble. Is that cool? Just so we're on the same page. Humility, can I tell you this morning, isn't hating ourselves. That's not humility. It's not our insecurity, and it's not us thinking we aren't as good as anybody else. Putting yourself down isn't humility. That's, that's not what humility is. And who knows, it's not a preach without quoting C.S. Lewis. So I've got a C.S. Lewis quote. And he said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So that's a nice one, isn't it? Humility is actually acknowledging that other people have worth. It's not thinking less of ourselves. It's, it's thinking that other, knowing that other people also have worth, that other people have things to contribute. And maybe, maybe, just maybe this morning, we don't know everything. Sorry for those in the room. You may not know everything. Maybe um, when I said you know, be humble, someone came to mind, uh, a humble person, someone with humility. Who knows, uh, how good are those humble people around in your life? Do you, do you know who I'm talking? Like you might have some thoughts of who you think of straight away as a humble person. Being around humble people, can I tell you what it does for us? Who knows that it increases the confidence of the group when there's someone who's a bit more humble, who, who actually can acknowledge that there's other people with strengths around them. Humble people 
build up. They don't tear down others. Are we on the same page around what humility is? It's not tearing ourselves down. It's knowing that we have worth, but also others also have worth. And maybe they have something to contribute to us as well. Cool. Peter says to the church that as followers of Jesus, we're to be humble before God and we're to be humble before each other. So let's have a look at the first one together. He says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. So what does that mean this morning? I want you to pay attention to this one. When we humble ourselves before God, it means this. God is God and we are not. That's what it means. I want to tell you this is the most important thing I have to say this morning. This is the most important reminder I have for you this morning. We are not gods. God is God. When we humble ourselves before mighty God, we acknowledge who God is. In the Old Testament, it was talked about the fear of the Lord. Yeah? Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is knowing how powerful and how holy God is. Fear of the Lord is knowing that actually God knows best. And Peter tells us that when you know that, when you know that God is God, that God is sovereign, that God created the universe, that God is actually in control, He knows best. When we have a good picture as to who God is, powerful, holy, Peter says we then can give all of our worries and cares to him. Did you come this morning with a worry? Did you come with some kind of anxiety this morning about something that's, that's coming up, something that you're, you're kind of thinking about over and over. Peter says, if you come humbly before God, if you acknowledge who God is, that He's God, that He's in control, that we can give our cares and our worries over to Him, that He's a God who cares about us. Who thinks that's good news this morning? All right, you with me? Just prove it for me. Give me a thumbs up that you're with me. Look, that's good. Yes, yes. Is everyone okay with the crows last night? Do I not mention it? Ouch. I just got everyone offside just then. Uh, I haven't seen a video replay that showed me that that hit the post yet. I don't know. Stop talking about footy. Mark would punch me by now. All right. This morning... Uh, last week we talked about the things that Peter talked about. Actually, he's not the only one who kind of taught on these things, but we also have Paul who teaches on a very similar theme, but, but maybe from a bit of a different angle about being humble before God. Paul, um, Paul writes in Galatians 6.14, I think we've got the verse. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. This morning, can I tell you, we can only boast about what Jesus has done. 
We can only boast. Can I tell you that our salvation doesn't come from anything we have done? It doesn't come from any works that we've done. How can we boast then? We can only come humbly before God, acknowledging His grace and goodness, right? We can only boast of the things Jesus has done. This morning, how do we come before God? What is our posture before God this morning together? Do we come with pride in our own efforts? Do we come thinking, I've done, I've done some pretty good things this week? Or do we come humbly knowing what God has done for us? Are we in awe of God this morning? Do you need to reorder things and put Him as Lord of our lives again? Peter Muzani, he, he says we have to come humbly before God, acknowledging who He is, that, that we can only boast about who God is for the salvation on our lives. But he then encourages, encourages us to be humble before others. Not thinking of yourself as better than anyone else. Who knows this morning that we can all learn from each other? Yeah? Have a look at the person next to you. Stare deeply into their eyes like a proper look. And look at them and be... I can, I can learn something from that person this morning, yeah? That I, this, they have something, something that I can learn, something I can grab a hold of this morning, even in this room, who knows? Even in this room. Peter does something super significant. We sometimes think when we read Scripture, we're like, oh, that was written like 2,000 years ago. How could that possibly be relevant to our culture today? But Peter does something. He addresses a couple of different generations. And he, and he actually addresses and maybe disrupts, is the word for this morning, disrupts what is the norm between generations. He says to the older crew who are at church, he says, he says the more senior and to the more senior and more experienced in the church, he says, don't lord over other people. As in, don't boss them around and tell them how to do things your way. Peter then doesn't just kind of have a go at the older guys. He says, younger guys, younger guys in the church, uh, like... You also need to not be arrogant. You don't know it all. As much as you think you know it all, you don't know it all. And there, there is so much to learn from generations who have gone before. Now, I'm starting to get a few more greys, right? And I'm feeling, feeling like I'm, I'm maybe in the, in the older group now. How, that's pretty fun. There's a bit of a... See, see how many greys are in my beard? Anyway... Uh, and you know how I can tell that I'm getting a little bit older and a bit more senior is I've started to think, think things or say things like this. What's up with this younger generation? <laughs> They're off the rails. 
What's the, what's the world coming to? We're all in trouble. They're so entitled. and No, that's just in my head. Uh, but I know that that's how we start to perceive things. That's how we start to look. First, can I just speak to us, us who are a bit older? Who knows that's what every generation that's ever existed has always said. Doesn't matter what generation we've existed in, it's always the older one saying, What's up with this younger egg going to hell in a handbasket? Is that a saying? I gotta learn some new ones. Is that is that how you say it, Mum? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but who knows that for those of us who are older, that's what the generation above us used to say. That's what the generations before them used to say. Who knows that if that was true anyway, that the next generation's in trouble, who knows that lording over them doesn't fix that? You know, that doesn't fix it. Can I just suggest those of us who are on the more senior side, walk humbly with younger people. Guide them for sure. Guide them for sure, but don't boss them around thinking you walked through your younger years perfectly. If we have anything to give our younger people, it's to teach them honestly and humbly about the mistakes we made. To walk with them when they make their mistakes. Who thinks that Peter's on the money here? Young people. Don't be arrogant is Peter's words. And again, young people, as much as you think it, I can tell you, you don't know everything, all right? You don't know everything. I remember, isn't there a great confidence that you have like in your late teens and young adulthood? Anyone? Oh, you don't know, that's okay. There's this confidence. I can remember being an older teen into my my early mid-20s going, man, what? I've got this figured out. You guys are all doing it wrong if you just did it my way. It be, would be sweet. My opinions were right. You just had to ask me, right? Yeah. The young people this morning, let's take on Peter's advice. Let's not be arrogant. Surprise, surprise, there are older people who have far more experience in life than you. There are people who have seen more than you have seen in your life. There are people that even if they have different opinions, it's worth listening to. There are people who have gone through suffering and hardship like you don't know yet. There are older people who have ridden through grief, who have a lot to teach us. Church, I'm going to ask again, can we learn from each other? Yeah, of course we can. Peter suggests that the way to do it is if we approach each other humbly. Not as one generation thinking that they've got it together. We know what's hip at the moment, just follow us. But actually coming humbly before each other, learning from each other. I want to add on to Peter's encouragement. And my encouragement as a, as a pastor, as a leader of this church, especially in regards to generations, 
I love that on a Sunday when we gather together, there's, there's a mix of all generations together. I love it. I, uh, I love seeing the kids run around. I love kind of having chats with, with groups of all ages. But can I, will you humbly hear my advice this morning? Younger people, can I just encourage you, don't ignore older generations. Don't ignore them. You will miss out is what will happen if you ignore older generations. Can I, can I again ask you, ask questions. Ask questions, young people. Ask questions of, of those who have lived a little bit longer. Ask questions about marriage. Ask questions about relationships. Ask questions about how to persevere in your faith even through suffering. Ask questions about parenting. We can look critically very easily and we can go, but older generations parented different than than we do now. Or we could be humble and we can take on what is a lot of experience and probably a, a fair few mistakes being able to share with us that maybe we don't have to make. Young people, You are not the first to go through hardships. You aren't the first to go through suffering and hardship and grief. And I don't want to downplay it, but how good is it that we get to be part of a church family where we can learn from each other? Isn't that good? What a great design by God. Give God some props for the design of the church. Well done. Young people, are you hearing me, younger people in the room? And half of you would think you're younger. younger. Uh, Older people, which I'm including myself in the older people today. Can I encourage you this morning? Can I encourage you to catch the passion of the younger generations? Can I encourage you to don't... Not dismiss it as, as hype or, or just feelings. Can I, can I get you to, to catch that passion? Remember, those of us who are older, remember being so excited about the things of God. Do you remember that? Do you remember feeling the Holy Spirit stir you and call you and lead you? Older guys, can we... Can we encourage our younger people in that? Can we support it? Can we not just do it from afar, but similar to what we've asked of the younger people? Can we walk with the younger people? Can we engage in it? Us older guys, remember how hard it was being a young parent? Do you remember some of that? Let's be gracious, let's support, let's encourage, let's pray and let's not judge younger families, but let's be there to support and, and, and hold them up, yeah? Are you, are you with me? I'm looking around, I don't know where to look, I don't want to target anybody. Like uh, Peter also tells us why we are to do this. And this is, this is a serious thing because the enemy is looking for cracks. 
Peter says in verse 8, watch out, uh, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We know the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy, right? As a church family, who knows that we are stronger together? All generations, not just one generation by themselves, but all ages, all cultures, all all backgrounds. We are called as a church to, to humbly, to humbly submit and support each other. Part of humility is actually wanting others to flourish, isn't it? We're, we're secure enough in ourselves that we can want the best for the person sitting next to us or the, or the person that we met over coffee this morning. We want others to flourish. Cracks appear as a church when there's comparison and competition. Don't they? Cracks start to appear. Can we commit as a church together that we don't want that to happen? That we want to make sure that we're upholding every generation? That we're looking beyond ourselves? We're looking humbly and with humility at at other people in our church, knowing that we can learn more if we stick together, if we learn from each other. Uh. Western, has anyone liked Western movies? Like, you know, old, what do you call them? Country, Western, no, that's just, that's music. Just Westerns, yeah. And there's like, uh, you know, like it'll usually a story of people going kind of from the east to the west to, you know, settle in new lands. Uh, and there's this, there's this phrase, circle the wagons. Does anyone know that? Circle the wagons. Do you know why you circle the wagons? Because it's for safety. It's to protect against other forces maybe attacking. It's, it's also to protect against, you know, wild beasts and things that are, that are out there. But if you circle the wagons, if you stay together and make sure there's no cracks in that circle, it means that the people in the middle are safer, that they can flourish, that they can live and survive. Can we as a church circle the wagons? Is this a defining moment where we go, we are going to, to stand by and we are going to protect each other. We are going to look out for the best interests of those next to us. That is what I believe true humility is, looking out for the best interests of others. Let's take Peter's encouragement to be humble seriously today. Can I pray that the Holy Spirit reminds us? Like to be a cheer squad for each other, to, to be humble before each other, to learn from each other. Who knows that sometimes humility takes a step of action, doesn't it? Because we can say, generations, let's look out for each other. But, but maybe we need to cross the room. Maybe we need to invite someone out for a coffee during the week. Maybe we need to sit with someone outside of just Sunday and and learn from each other, get to know each other, encourage, lift each other up. Are we cool with that? Let's pray together. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit reminds us 
to be humble. We're going to sing together at the end and, and again, have a moment where we humble ourselves before God one last time before we head into our weeks as well. But let's, let's pray together. God, you are good. We thank you for Peter's words. We thank you for Peter's advice that even though it was written 2,000 years ago, Holy Spirit, you bring it alive and you, and you set it alight in our hearts. God, we thank you for the encouragement. May we come humbly before each other this morning. May we t- take these words seriously. May we circle the wagons as a church that we look out for each other, that we learn from each other. Thank you, God, that you have a great plan to change the world and that plan is your church. Thank you that we get to be a part of that. Holy Spirit, stir us in these moments, not just into new thinking, but also into new action. And again, God, we just come humbly before you, acknowledging that you are God and that we are not. Once again, Jesus, we put you on the throne as King of our lives. Holy Spirit, come and do what you need to do here this morning. Amen.